Welcome to another edition of the Awaken 2008 podcast. My name is Daniel Decker. Thanks for listening in with us again today. In this interview, we are joined with Mark Middleberg. Mark is kind of one of the go-to guys in the church world on consulting with outreach and evangelism. He is the co-author of the book Becoming a Contagious Christian, which he wrote with Bill Hybels. And his latest book is Choosing Your Faith in a World of Spiritual Options. And in this interview, Mark's going to talk about a variety of topics that include some of the insights from his book and why he wrote about the 20 best reasons for the Christian faith. He's also going to talk about why it's so significant for those that are uh, in their faith to test it, to strengthen it, and how churches these days are realizing, too, that they need to focus on what's unique within their area, what's unique within their ministry, and not always be so looking at you know what cookie-cut type deal that they can take from another church. So take a listen. We hope you enjoy this interview today. And let me remind you, too, uh, to jump on. We've got an Awaken blog that's done by our friend Scott Ottman. Scott's doing a phenomenal job of posting additional insights and resources and things that, um, that we hope that you'll find interesting. And you can find that blog at awaken2008.com. Just click on the blog tab and uh, post comments and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear back from you. But uh, take a listen to the interview and enjoy. Mark, thanks so much for being here with us today. Great to be with you, Bill. Hey, Mark, tell us a little bit about your book, um, and for those of you that might not know, it just came out, and how you decided to write it, and what's it about? Well, yeah, it's, the full title is Choosing Your Faith in a World of Spiritual Options, and it struck me that a lot of people love to tell everyone else what to believe, and sometimes as Christians we do that. We tell them, you know, you ought to follow Christ, you ought to join our church, you ought to do this, you ought to do that, but what we fail to do often is help people learn how to think about it. How do you evaluate what to believe? You know, we live in a culture where we're just inundated with messages of, you know, spirituality and this view of God and that view of God and uh, different scriptures and, you know, just more and more we're being confronted by these things. And yet there's nowhere that I knew of a book that really explained how to weigh the evidence, how to consider which of these things are important, you know, which criteria it really matters. So this book really has two parts. The first half of the book is about how to think about faith issues, and I talk about what I call the six faith paths, the six approaches that people use to even consider what to believe. And I talk about those. I help people discover which of them they tend to fall into. And then I help them evaluate how is that serving you and might you need to look at a different approach to deciding what to believe. So that's the first half of the book. And then the second half, I apply all of that to what I think are the 20 best reasons to consider the Christian faith. So the second half is more traditional apologetics, but it's all built on this foundation of learning how to think about faith. And this book is really for anybody. It's not just for church leaders. It's for anybody uh, that, you know, is in the pews as well as people that might be seeking. Is that correct? Absolutely. In fact, I did really write it to be a book we can give to our non-Christian friends. I mean, I really uh, speak their language. On the very first page, I'm quoting lyrics from R.E.M. song, Losing My Religion, and, uh, you know, just really trying to connect with people that we're trying to reach. So it's certainly an outreach book, but it's also a book that I hope you know, Christians will read, and it'll really deepen their faith. It'll help them to understand, because so many of us haven't really thought about these issues either, and we've just sort of accepted what our parents taught us or what we heard at church. And that doesn't always make for a real strong faith. And so I try to say, look, it's fine if you got there, for instance, through traditions, 
but traditions need to be tested and if you'll test your Christian faith you'll actually strengthen it by learning why it makes sense not just because mom and dad believed it but because it's true and here's the facts and here's the evidence so yeah it's for believers seekers leaders everyone and in fact we're uh, I'm working with Tyndale the publisher to make it uh, affordable for churches to get you know in quantity to give to visitors and seekers and people trying to figure out what to believe Mark I know Many people know know of you and, and probably read some of your books, but one of the ones that that you did for church leaders was becoming a contagious church. And so, you know, my understanding, spending a lot of time with you in many events that we've done together, is I mean, you really are a, a leading strategist and consultant in outreach and evangelism for churches. Obviously, working with uh, the Willow Creek Association, work with Mariners Church in Irvine, California. So you really do not only have a pulse of the church, you've got a chance to see the inner workings of churches from the large and the small. At this conference that you'll be attending at Awaken, um, you know, there have been a lot of church leaders there. Um, there are going to be actually a lot of younger church leaders, church planners. And so would you just take, you know, a couple minutes and as you spend time working with church leaders, as you kind of look out at the horizon of what's going on with the church, tell us some of the things you see that are happening, maybe some trends that we might not be aware of, uh, might be some good trends, might be some trends that we need to be concerned with as you spend time consulting with churches. Yeah, well, just speaking real broadly at first, uh, one of the trends I'm real excited about is I sense churches getting tired of trends. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just think there's been, uh, in many ways, the church has been quite fad-oriented for a long time, and uh, including fads I've been part of trying to help <laughs> promote. But, uh, you know, people come and they go, okay, Willow Creek does it a certain way, or Saddleback does it a certain way, or, uh, you know, Mosaic does it a certain way, and so we're going to go do that. And I guess what I'm encouraged by is I think people are starting to realize, wait a minute, all of those places and many others are setting some great examples. We need to learn from those, but we need to go deeper. We need to think, you know, more clearly about our own situation, our own set of gifts and leaders and our own culture we're trying to reach into and really more carefully and prayerfully figure out what makes sense for us and is it aspects of various other movements or is it a whole new thing God wants to do through us uh, or, or maybe it's not even something new. I think some churches are realizing we've left behind really good things that we should have kept doing. Um, one of those that I see is going back, you mentioned you know, becoming a contagious Christian. Uh, we just updated that. But one of my concerns is I think some churches have felt like, well, we did training back in the 90s, and now we're doing social action instead. Well, it's not an either-or. And so I think uh, one of the, the the trends, I hope, is some churches will get back to the basics and say, we've got to keep cultivating a heart for evangelism. We've got to keep equipping our people in, in ordinary ways uh, to create, you know, create opportunities to communicate their faith, to do it lovingly, but to do it clearly. And we've got to equip them for that. So I, I think the you know the, the trends are all over the board, and I just would really encourage every leader to deeply seek God and figure out what He's telling them to do, and forget about you know following too many other leaders and examples and fads. 
But isn't it hard when you see some of these, particularly some of these churches that have dynamic ministries and really are exploding with the ministries, and we look to those dynamic leaders to follow those those trends that they're doing? Absolutely. And, and again, I think that's good. I'm not, you know, I, one of the things I love about Erwin McManus and, and the whole mosaic environment is it's it's pure creativity but i in many ways i think i'm encouraging people to do exactly what Irwin does because he travels he speaks he's been to lots of conferences speaking at him and attending him but i think he he really puts it through a more of a filter to say okay how does that express itself uniquely in me so yeah i think i think all these leaders help kind of stretch our thinking kind of lift the bar off the you know the limitations of what we think we can and cannot do and and says you know sort of go for it release your your uh view of what you can and can't do dream big dreams but just make sure they're authentic to you and fit who god has made you to be and who your community is and i think Irwin's a great example of that now, what we're doing on these podcasts, and a lot of your friends have actually, uh, we've recorded them and we're sharing them out there on the on the web, is people like Lee Strobel and Nancy Beach and Nancy Ortberg and, and others that are that are good friends of yours. What we're asking each of them to do is, is share maybe something in their past, maybe a failure in ministry that helped them really kind of go to the next level. Now, I'm sure you probably don't have any failures, but don't us <laughs> any. You know me better than that, Bill. Is there a failure or, or some key things that you you did or wished you hadn't done in ministry that you learned from that helped you go to the next level in ministry? Well, what immediately comes to my mind, Bill, is one that is in many ways what I've built my whole evangelism teaching on, and that is my failure to do what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, and that is to be authentic in how I did evangelism. Uh, in other words, I was under the influence of some very you know, sharp and influential Christians that said, you know, this is sort of how you do it. And I was in a situation years ago when I was in school where I went overseas and I did evangelism kind of according to the evangelical rules at the time. And, you know, we met strangers and we knocked on doors and we invited them to services. And we it was sort of, a, you know, here's what you say, they say this, you say that, you know, and so forth. And I, I failed utterly at that. I frankly hated the experience and walked away really writing off evangelism and saying this is not for me and it was out of that much to my shock that god very soon after that uh, called me to evangelism and it was in large part through bill hybel's teaching and ministry at willow creek where i was at at the time that helped me to see that evangelism didn't have to be one way and you know it's not to say that that way is not still valid for some people or in some situations but it was it was through just being disgusted with myself and and what i tried to do that i said all right what are some fresh ways and it's a great example how bill hybels helped inspire me and i think he'll inspire many other people uh when they get to hear him speak uh, or hear his podcasts and so forth but uh it really opened up the doors for me and helped me to see there are a variety of ways to share our faith 
And that became part of the DNA of the training that I developed with Bill and with Lee Strobel called Becoming a Contagious Christian, which we've just recently updated and can be taught in small groups now and uh, DVD, kind of a plug-and-play thing where Lee and I teach it. And a big part of our goal is to apply the lessons I learned years ago, and that is you can be yourself. You'll be much more authentic and effective at communicating your faith if you don't try to imitate, you know, Billy Graham or Greg Laurie or, you know, whoever, but you just really be who God made you to be. You know, one of the things we also are doing on these podcasts, we get a chance to ask people some personal questions. Sometimes they're fun, but I really would like to ask some questions that are that are both personal but maybe also practical for some of our listeners. Um, Mark, for what do you do in your own personal devotion, quiet time, or your time with God? Are there certain things that you do to draw you closer that that, that we might learn from from you? Well, you know, a lot of my what I would say is pretty basic. It's just that when I spend time in the Word, when I get quiet, when I get away, you know, it makes a difference. And when I don't, that, that makes a difference too. But I think for me, I'm an outdoors person. So it really helps me, uh, I just did this yesterday, where I'm, I'm more wrestling with some things, I'm trying to figure out what's God saying about some ideas I have and some plans, and sure, I'll pray and I'll ask God for wisdom, but then I'll just get out alone. Uh, yesterday I got out on my mountain bike and just went out on the trails, and just, it's sort of, it's something Dallas Willard taught years ago, that you, you sort of do some activities that don't require a lot of mental em- energy, and just say, God, you know, speak to me, guide me, refresh me, be with me. And often um, that, you know, a time alone, outdoors if possible, although it can be indoors too, um, not real intense, not sitting there, you know, holding my breath till God tells me what to do, but more just in a relaxed fashion. I find often that's when I get a sense of direction and confidence and so forth uh and unfortunately i didn't get a clear answer yesterday so i'm gonna have to go on a, on a mountain bike ride again today to get, get clarity on the one i'm right. trying to figure out but that that really helps me connect and i know there's been a lot of teaching in different ways people connect but for me the outdoors nature i just feel closer to god now what happens at times just like you mentioned where you you do things and you don't hear from god and you really you're really seeking him but you don't hear you know, in the moment or in the moments right after, what keeps you going even though you don't hear an answer? Well, that's exactly where I'm at today, and it's not a huge thing in my life, but I, I just an opportunity. I'm trying to figure out if I can afford the time and should I do it, and it's important, but it's a long way away. And, and uh, what I try to do is discern uh, how how much time do I have to make this decision. If, if I feel like I have a, a few days you know, then I'll try to delay the decision to see if I get a clearer sense. But as we all know and experience, there you reach that point where you say, "I got to answer this question. I got to go this way or that way." And I, at that point, I, I just pray one more time and say, "God, if here's the way I'm about to go. Uh, you are fully capable of showing me otherwise." And, and right now, between now and noon, or whatever it is. Um, if you want to lead me the other way, then lead me the other way. Otherwise, that's what I'm going to do. And I think, you know, God works within those time frames and understands that. And uh, I don't always feel 100% confident, but at least I feel like I really did try to seek God. I really, you know, gave it a, a waiting period to try to hear from him. And he didn't make a clear impression. And frankly, I think there are a lot of times where he's going, it's up to you. 
You know, there there isn't really a bad or right or wrong. It's just you know, do you want to get on that airplane or not? Uh, and go as go. You know, I'll bless you either way. So that may be where I'm at on this one. Now, what are you currently reading these days? Wow, I uh, because I was so buried writing what I was writing um, with the the uh, Choosing Your Faith book. I have just kind of finished all of that, and now I just got out two books. I'm just starting um, uh, What's So Great About Christianity by Dinesh D'Souza, and a very interesting, very uh, smart guy who's mostly known in political circles, but um, really has a lot to say. Uh, The other one I just picked up, and I, I think is a real important book, is Putting Jesus in His Place, and uh, Rob, I think it's Rob Bowman and another guy whose name I can't pronounce, but it's a book about the deity of Christ. And, you know, one of the central challenges we get left and right from atheists to Muslims to Jehovah's Witnesses to, you know, a lot of other people in between is is trying to diminish the identity of Christ and make him into just a man or or whatever their version is. And this is a book that really goes through the biblical and historical issues showing us the deity of Christ. So those are what I'm just starting. Well, Mark, I just want to thank you for being on this podcast today. Again, your new book is called Choosing Your Faith in a World of Spiritual Options. I'm assuming people can get that by going to any bookstore or Amazon.com. Is that correct? Yeah, Christian bookstores, I believe it will also be in a lot of the secular bookstores and Amazon.com. And I should mention quickly, too, Bill, that uh, Tyndale is putting out an uh, evangelistic New Testament by the same name. It's the Choosing Your Faith New Testament, and it's you know built on the New Living Translation, and it's going to be one that is affordable for churches to give to non-Christians as well. So I'm excited about both of those tools, and, and just am praying that God really uses them to reinforce the faith of Christians and really draw people who don't know Christ. Well, we hope people will check that out, and, and I know there will be a lot of people that are listening to this podcast now that will get a chance to personally see you at Awaken at Mosaic in Pasadena uh, the first week of April, and we're looking forward to seeing you there as well. So, Mark, until we're together in April, I just want to again thank you for being on this podcast and um, just, again, we appreciate your ministry and, and what you do for, for the kingdom. So blessings well, to you, and thanks for being on this call. Thanks so much, Bill, and thanks for all you do for uh, the body of Christ through CCN and the great ministry there. And it's just been a real privilege of mine to partner with you over the years. So thank you, too. Thanks, Mark.